0: Section 25 of The Wit and Humor of America, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley. The Tower of London and Science and Natural History by artemus ward the tower of london mr punch my dear sir i scarcely need inform you that your excellent tower is very popular with people in the agricultural districts and it is chiefly them class which i found waiting at the gates the other morning I saw at once that the tower was established on a firm basis. In the entire history of firm bases, I don't find a basis more firmer than this one. You have no tower in America, said a man in a crowd who had somehow detected my denomination. A large no, I answered. We boast of our enterprise and improvements and Yet we are devoid of a tower. America, oh, my unhappy country, thou hast not got no tower. It's a sweet boon. The gates was opened after a while, and we all purchased tickets and went into a waiting room. My friend, said a pale-faced little man in black clothes, This is a sad day. Inasmuch as to how, I said. I mean, it is sad to think that so many people have been killed within these gloomy walls. My friends, let us drop a tear. No, I said. You must excuse me. Others may drop one if they feel like it. But as for me, I decline. The early managers of this institution were a bad lot, and their crimes were truly awful. But I can't sob for those who died four or five hundred years ago. If they was my own relations, I couldn't. It's absurd to shed sobs over things which occurred during the reign of Henry III. Let us be cheerful i continued look at the festive warders in their red flannel jackets they are cheerful and why should it not be thusly with us a warder now took us in charge and showed us the traitor's gate the armors and things the traders' gate is wide enough to admit about twenty traders abreast, I should judge, but beyond this, I couldn't see that it was superior to gates in general. Traders, I will here remark, are a unfortunate class of people. If they wasn't, they wouldn't be traders. They conspire to bust up a country. They fail, and they're traitors. They buster, and they become statesmen and heroes. Take the case of Gloucester afterward, old Dick the three, who may be seen at the tower on horseback in a heavy tin overcoat, Take Mr. Gloucester's case. Mr. G was a conspirator of the basest dye, and if he'd failed he would have been hung on a sour apple tree but mr g succeeded and became great he was slewed by colonel richmond but he lives in history and his equestrian figure may be seen daily for a sixpence in conjunction with other eminent persons and no extra charge for the warder's able and bootiful lecture. There's one king in this room who is mounted onto a foaming steed, his right hand grasping a barber's pole. I didn't learn his name. The room where the daggers and pistols and other weapons is kept is interesting. Among this collection of choice cutlery, I noticed the bow and arrow which those hot-headed old chaps used to conduct battles with. It is quite like the bow and arrow used at this day by certain tribes of American Indians, and they shoot him off with such a excellent precision that I almost sighed to be an Indian when I was in the Rocky Mountain region. They are a pleasant lot, them injuns. Mr. Cooper and Mr. Catlin have told us of the red man's wonderful eloquence, and I found it so. Our party was stopped on the plains of Utah by a band of Shoshones, whose chief said, Brothers, the pale face is welcome. Brothers, the sun is sinking in the west, and Wananabaki she will soon cease speaking. Brothers, the poor red man belongs to a race which is fast becoming extinct. He then whooped in a shrill manner, stole all our blankets and whiskey, and fled to the primeval forest to conceal his emotions. I'll remark here while on the subject of engines, that they are in the main a very shaky set, with even less sense than the Fannyans and when I hear philanthropists bewailing the fact that every year carries the noble red man nearer the setting sun, I simply have to say I'm glad of it, though it is rough on the setting sun. They call you by the sweet name of brother one minute, and the next they scalp you with their Thomas hops. But I wonder. Let us return to the tower. At one end of the room where the weapons is kept is a wax figure of Queen Elizabeth mounted on a fiery stuffed horse whose glass eye flashes with pride and whose red morocco nostrils dilates haughtily as if conscious of the royal burden he bears. I have associated Elizabeth with the Spanish Armadi. She's mixed up with it in the Surrey Theatre, where True to the Core is being acted, and in which a full ballet corps is introduced on board the Spanish Admiral's ship, giving the audience the idea that he intends opening a music hall in Plymouth the moment he coppers that town. But a very interesting drama is true to the core, notwithstanding the eccentric conduct of the Spanish admiral, and very nice it is in Queen Elizabeth to make Martin Trugold a baronet. The warder shows us some instruments of torture, such as thumbscrews, throat collars etc stating that these was conquered from the spanish armadi and adding what a cruel pebble the spaniards was in them days which elicited from a bright-eyed little girl of about twelve summers the remark that she thought it was rich to talk about the cruelty of the spaniards using thumbscrews when he was in a tower where so many poor people's heads had been cut off. This made the water stammer and turn red. I was so pleased with the little girl's brightness that I could have kissed the dear child, and I would if she had been six years older. I think my companions intended making a day of it, for they all had sandwiches, sausages, etc., The sad-looking man who had wanted us to drop a tear afore we started to go round flinged such quantities of sausage into his mouth that I expected to see him choke his to death. He said to me in the Beauchamp Tower, where the poor prisoners writ their unhappy names on the cold walls, This is a sad sight it is indeed i answered you're black in the face you shouldn't eat sausage in public without some rehearsals beforehand you manage it awkwardly no he said i mean this sad room indeed he was quite right though so long ago all these dreadful things happened "'I was very glad to get away from this gloomy room "'and go where the rich and sparkling crown jewels is kept. "'I was so pleased with the Queen's crown "'that it occurred to me what an agreeable surprise it would be "'to send a similar one home to my wife. "'And I asked the warder "'what was the valley of a good, well-constructed crown like that. "'He told me, But on ciphering up with a pencil, the amount of funds I have in the giant stock bank, I concluded I'd send her a genteel silver watch instead, and so I left the tower. It is a solid and commanding edifice, but I deny that it is cheerful. I bid it adieu without a pang. I was driven to my hotel by the most melancholy driver of a four-wheeler that I ever saw. He heaved a deep sigh as I gave him two shillings. I'll give you six D's more, I said, if it hurts you so. It isn't that, he said with a heart-rending groan. It's only a way I have. My mind's upset today. I at one time thought I'd drive you into the Thames. I've been reading all the daily papers to try to understand about Governor Iyer, and my mind is tottering. It's really wonderful I didn't drive you into the Thames. I asked the unhappy man what his number was, so I could readily find him in case I should want him again and bade him good-bye. And then I thought what a frolicsome day I'd made of it. Respectably, etc. Artemis Ward, Punch, 1866 Science and Natural History by Artemis Ward Mister punch, my dear sir. I was a little disappointed at not receiving an invitation to join in the meetings of the Social Science Congress. I prepared an essay on animals to read before the social science meetings. It is a subject I may truthfully say I have successfully wrestled with. I tackled it when only 19 years old. At that tender age, I read a essay for a literary institute entitled, Is Cats to be Trusted? Of the merits of that essay, it doesn't become me to speak, but I may be excused for mentioning that the institute parsed a resolution that, whether we look upon the length of this essay or the manner in which it is written, we feel that we will not express any opinion of it, and we hope it will be read in other towns. Of course the essay I writ for the Social Science Society is a more finished production than the one on cats, which was written when my mind was crude and afore I had mastered a graceful and elegant style of composition. I could not even punctuate my sentences proper at that time, and I observe with pain, on looking over this effort of my youth, that its beauty is in one or two instances marred by ingrammaticisms. This was inexcusable, and I am surprised I did it a writer who can't write in a grammarly manner better shut up shop you shall hear this essay on animals some day when you have four hours to spare i'll read it to you i think you'll enjoy it or what will be much better if i may suggest omit all pictures in next week's punch and do not let your contributors write anything whatever Let them have a holiday. They can go to the British Museum and publish my essay entire. It will fill all your columns full and create comment. Does this proposition strike you? Is it a go? In case I had read the essay to the social sciences i had intended it should be the closing attraction i intended it should finish the proceedings i think it would have finished them i understand animals better than any other class of human creatures i have a very animal mind and i've been identified with him during my entire professional career as a showman more especial bears wolves leopards and serpents the leopard is as lively a animal as i've ever come into contact with it is true he cannot change his spots, but you can change him for him with a paintbrush as i once did in the case of a leopard who wasn't naturally spotted in an attractive manner In exhibiting him, I used to stir him up in his cage with a protracted pole, and for the purpose of making him yell and kick up in a leopardy manner, I used to occasionally whack him over the head. This would make the children inside the booth scream with fright, which would make fathers of families outside the booth very anxious to come in because there is a large class of parents who have an uncontrollable passion for taking their children to places where they will stand a chance of being frightened to death. One day I whacked this leopard more than usual, which elicited a remonstrance from a tall gentleman in spectacles who said, My good man, Do not beat the poor caged animal. Rather, fondle him. I'll fondle him with a club, I answered, hitting him another whack. I prithee desist, said the gentleman. Stand aside, and see the effect of kindness. I understand the idiosyncrasies of these creatures better than you do. With that he went up to the cage, and thrusting his face, in between the iron bars, he said soothingly, Come hither, pretty creature. The pretty creature come hither rather speedy, and seized the gentleman by the whiskers, which he tore off about enough to stuff a small cushion with. He said, you vagabond i'll have you indicted for exhibiting dangerous and immoral animals i replied gentle sir there isn't an animal here that hasn't a beautiful moral, but you mustn't fondle them you mustn't meddle with their idiot-syncrasies the gentleman was a dramatic cricket and he wrote an article for a paper in which he said my entertainment was a decided failure. As regards bears, you can teach them to do interesting things, but they're unreliable. I had a very large grizzly bear once who would dance and laugh and lay down and bow his head and grieve and give a mournful wail etc but he often annoyed me it will be remembered that on the occasion of the first battle of bull Run, it suddenly occurred to the federal soldiers that they had business in washington which ought not to be neglected and they all started for that beautiful and romantic city maintaining a rate of speed during the entire distance that would have done credit to the celebrated French steed, Gladiateur. Very naturally, our government was deeply grieved at this defeat, and I said to my bear shortly after, as I was given a exhibition in Ohio, I said, Bruin are you not sorry the national arms has sustained a defeat his business was to wail dismal and bow his head down the band a barrel origin and a wild playing slow and melancholy music what did the grisly old cuss do however but come is dancing and laughing and in the most joyous manner. I had a narrow escape from being imprisoned for disloyalty. End of Section 25 The Tower of London and Science and Natural History by Artemus Ward Recording by Bill Mosley, Frelsberg, Texas, U.S.A.